Welcome to Human School. I'm your host, Dr. Patil Armenian. After four years of college, four years of medical school, four years of residency, and two years of fellowship, I thought I was done. I did my time, got my degrees, and now I was just going to live life. Well, think again. Some of my greatest schooling has come after my formal education was complete, and it keeps on coming. Join me at Human School, where we can learn together. I'm an emergency physician and medical toxicologist working at a large teaching hospital in California. I'm also a mom, wife, sister, daughter, and friend. Whether you work in healthcare or not, you too lead a busy life. Together, let's work on how we can thrive in all of our real-world roles. On this podcast, we'll dig deep into what it means to constantly learn and evolve to be human. Every other week, I'll share some of my personal stories, interview inspiring people, and offer tools to help you learn more about yourself. Being on the front lines in the ER, you learn a lot about life and death. And though my philosophies were born in a busy emergency room, they can apply to anyone trying to live a joyful life here on Earth. Please listen, share, and subscribe to this podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at Human School Podcast, and feel free to let me know what topics or guests you want to hear about. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate and review it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Human School. Last time I began to talk about burnout, specifically how I got there. In this episode, I'm going to share some of my journey on how I burned through and came out the other side. But before I dive in, I want to say that one of the greatest antidotes to burnout is taking actual days off from work and seeing the people that you love find joy in their lives. I got to see my amazing and, let me say, cool as a cucumber, cousin Carney, get married to the love of her life, Anthony, this past weekend. She was just the coolest bride ever, and it was so rejuvenating seeing their love and being around so many people who were just having a great time celebrating them. I'm sure many cultures say this, but no one can tear up a dance floor quite like a group of Armenians. But now, back to our topic of the day, burnout. So, just as a refresher, this is the WHO, or World Health Organization, definition of burnout. Burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions. One, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Two, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. And three, reduced professional efficacy. Burnout refers specifically to phenomena in the occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life. Now, that's a key part of the definition. This is an occupational or work-related entity. Your personal life can, of course, have an impact on burnout occurring at work. However, if all of the other things I mentioned, like energy depletion, constant exhaustion, negativity, mental distance, reduced efficacy, happen outside of work as well, that could be depression. And to make things more complicated, 
Depression can lead to burnout, and burnout can lead to depression. We're dealing with a convoluted web of things that basically make you unexcited about your life. I was talking to one of my best friends, an ER doctor who went through burnout some years ago. In her case, workplace burnout triggered by many factors, especially a feeling of underappreciation, was also tied into then being tired and unhappy in her non-work life. After seeing a doctor that she trusted, she was diagnosed with depression and began getting treatment. If you really just hate everything, go see a doctor and or a therapist, as you may have depression and may need medical and psychological assistance. It's a great example of how the line between burnout and depression is very fine. It's so important to discuss ways to prevent and reduce burnout while improving our own well-being because depression and even suicidality may result, not to mention the impact that it can have on your family and friends around you. Burnout occurs in a lot of fields, not just in healthcare, and has actually worsened since the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, in a lot of workplaces, this isn't really talked about a lot. Or you might be starting to talk about it, but there aren't great resources. You have to advocate for yourself, which is not easy. At the time of my friend's burnout, she recognized it and wanted to decrease some of her workplace responsibilities. She was tired and needed a break. As a busy doctor with young kids, she wanted to work less and reset herself a bit. She wasn't able to adjust her schedule, which led her to work somewhere else for a few years with better hours for her and her family. She's now back in the ED full-time and actually really happy to be there. There's a lot of burnout in physicians, but also PAs, nurse practitioners, nurses, paramedics, EMTs, mental health workers, social workers, basically everyone in healthcare that I can think of. There's all this talk also that emergency physicians have the highest rate of burnout among physician specialties, at 65% reporting burnout in one survey released this year. But what about nursing specialties? I can't even count the number of amazing nurses that have left the ED for other departments in recent years. If we're going to get into the physician numbers, now let's not act like emergency medicine is all alone. Almost equally high rates are in internal medicine critical care, pediatrics, OBGYN, infectious disease, family medicine, neurology. I'm not even including everyone here. This is just super prevalent now. There are so many factors that lead into it, and they're different for everyone. Now, we can't all burn out and leave clinical medicine. First off, we worked so hard to get here. Second, most of us really want to do the best for our patients and enjoy caring for them. Third, we chose medicine because we want to make a difference in others' lives for the better. It's usually not the patients that lead to burnout, but rather the system as a whole. I'm not really here to get into these details about the American healthcare system or into scientific research about burnout. I'm here to talk about my own experience in the hope that it may help others. At the very least, know that you are not alone. In the last episode, I talked about how I burned in for a while, before finally burning out. That awareness happened after a long hike at the Lewis Creek Trail, just outside Yosemite National Park. I took out my notebook then and there, furiously scribbling notes. I begrudgingly realized that 
no one around me was going to change, and that I couldn't change them. I couldn't make them see my side of every story. The only thing I could change was myself, or my own opinions and reactions to things. So I dragged myself out, step by step. I didn't want to. I wanted the people that I felt had done me wrong to change themselves. Why did I have to change myself? That was the hardest realization. No one else is going to change. You have to. It doesn't mean that I'm an angel now, or that people don't bother me anymore, or that I've accepted the flaws and issues of everyone around me. Not at all. It just means that I'm trying to handle myself better. And me not spending extra energy on things I can't change only helps me in the end. I don't have extra energy lying around waiting to waste, and you don't either. My first step was journaling. I hadn't written in a journal for many years, probably since residency. My sister had an online Japanese stationery store for a while, and she had gotten me these amazing notebooks from Gaken called the Cornell Method Notebooks. Honestly, I could do an ad for these notebooks. Just look up Cornell Method Notebooks. They're so cool. They make you want to take notes. So far, I'd only used them for my actual medical research studies. I cracked open a new one and began writing out all my thoughts, starting with who and what was bothering me in detail and ending with the notion that they would never change, but that I could, because I knew that I wasn't being my best self either. Let's be honest, there was a better version of me in there somewhere. That same week, I also started listening to podcasts about random topics that interested me, my 15-minute commute to work became something I looked forward to as I got into different podcasts. I made a list of every single one of my jobs, both at work and in the home, and looked at what I could either get rid of completely or delegate to others. Now, this is a hard thing to do because some of those things can take time. I had some things on my list that took over two years from that moment to cross off, but I saw them and knew that I was slowly working towards my goal. I started a form of therapy that was super accessible to me, as someone with weird work hours and no schedule regularity. It's a program called To Be Magnetic, which was immensely helpful. I'll put the link in the show notes if anyone's interested. It's a series of self-guided journal prompts and deep meditations around every topic you can think of that might be bothering you. It's billed as a manifestation technique, but I personally never really cared about manifestations in the self-help sense. Manifesting is this concept that if you visualize something you want, you can get it. I didn't really want anything material. I just wanted to get out of my rut. I did the Unblocked Inner Child and Unblocked Shadow workshops first, which helped me identify and begin to heal childhood wounds and traits I didn't like in myself. Not that we ever fully heal, but they helped open a door and give me the first tools to try and move towards healing. At the same time, I began to listen to my body a little more. When you have a baby, you really start to ignore yourself, but at this point, my son was over two years old, and it was time. What was my body telling me? I realized that I had abdominal pain every day. I could not remember an ED shift where I didn't have pain the entire time, clenching my abdomen for hours on end to alleviate the pain. 
Just saying that made me clench my abdomen again. It was a combination of severe acid reflux, irritable bowel, stress, and who knows what. I was taking a PPI and an H2 blocker every day, and they had stopped working. My doctor was doing some tests as we tried to figure out the optimal treatment strategy. It was at this point that I decided to take matters into my own hands, and I radically changed my diet. I decided to do an elimination diet, where you stop eating a bunch of things considered to be highly inflammatory. In my case, I cut out alcohol, sugar, dairy, gluten, hydrogenated oils, all meat except fish. I know, it sounds intense, but I was at a loss. I didn't want to just take medications for this abdominal pain my whole life. So after a few days, I did start noticing slight improvements, such as decreased bloating. And after a few weeks, I was starting to have less pain. A couple months in, I reintroduced some ingredients one by one, and realized that I could do some gluten, just not a lot, like not for three meals a day. I couldn't do sugar and dairy together, immediate bloating and pain. Sorry, ice cream. It's a tough one. But I was finally listening to my body. For a while, I went completely plant-based, but would eat some fish or eggs when I really craved it. Another big part of my abdominal pain had to do with my circadian rhythm. You'll hear people say things like, I'm really not a morning person, but I really am not a morning person. I feel like my brain turns on at around 10 a.m., and at 8 or 9 p.m., I'm working at my best, firing on all cylinders. Anytime I had a morning meeting or an early shift, I had all day long abdominal pain. I had ignored that for years, thinking that I needed to force myself into being a day person like most of the world. Now I'm wondering. If that's just not true, are so many people conforming their circadian rhythms to the morning-heavy lifestyle when it doesn't make them feel their best? It also helped immensely to get a full night's sleep, which I was finally able to do since my husband and I had successfully sleep-trained our two-year-old. Through adjustments in food, getting more sleep, and paying attention to my own circadian rhythm, my abdominal pain went away. And as my body felt better, my mood also improved. It's amazing what your body will tell you when you really listen to it. Interestingly, all of this was from October 2019 to March 2020. By the time March 2020 came around, I had begun to screw my head back on again, slowly, slowly. So when COVID hit in mid-March 2020, when those first lockdowns, I was actually in a better place than I'd been in a long time. I cared enough at work to get involved in several COVID hospital committees and was buying up pappers for the ED, excited to do some online shopping for a good cause. I felt like I was becoming myself again. With the COVID rules, we no longer had in-person meetings, which saved some time. In a weird way, I was lucky in that I still got to see my friends because we never stopped going to work in the ER together. But I also had a two-and-a-half-year-old at home without childcare. My husband stopped his own work for those first few months of lockdown to care for him. I really had no free time at this point, but somehow I managed to carve out little chunks to begin to read again. I've always been a voracious reader, but realized that I hadn't read any books for fun 
and learned about new non-medical topics in many years, like maybe even almost 10 years at that point. My college mentor and classics professor, Bernie Frischer, and I started our own two-person COVID book club, which literally gave me life. We read a book every couple of weeks and then would get on FaceTime to discuss them. You'll hear from him in the next episode. I really took that time to further distill what was important to me and cut out the things that were not. I went back to my list and kept trying to cross things off. Research continued to end up on the chopping block, and I decided that I would finish papers I had data on, but after that, I would only take on new projects if I could work with interested and hardworking collaborators that would care about the studies as much as me. For those of you that don't know me, I love making lists, organizing my calendar, and taking notes. Something that really helped me was to make a list on my phone list-making app, which I called Daily Things I Could Do For Myself. It includes both big and small things, like do a video workout. I personally love Melissa Wood Health. There are so many out there now. Other things on the list, eat good food, read books, listen to a podcast, go on a walk or run, meditate, rest, do a face mask, explore a topic you're interested in, and on and on. I have about 15 things on the list. I told myself that if I can do one thing from that list every day, then I had a good day. If I had a three or four item day, that was a total win. But most importantly, I didn't have any days where I didn't do at least one thing on the list. Because even on my busiest days, I could play a podcast in the car or eat something I wanted to eat. As far as my calendar, I got even more organized with it. One thing I always stress is, you don't know when you're off if you don't know when you're on. I'm going to do an episode just on organizing our calendars. There's a lot of detail about this, but basically, mark your days on and mark your days off. More on this to come. I continued to do the therapy work with To Be Magnetic, as well as working with two hypnotherapists who helped me immensely. You heard from one of them, Leo Max, in episode 3. I also began to explore other modalities of learning about yourself, such as astrology and human design. Both have and continue to help me understand myself so that I can work and live better. It's really helpful to know how you work the best, kind of like how you're wired. Astrology and human design are two modalities based on your exact birth time and place that give you detailed information about yourself. I'll do episodes on these concepts in detail for those of you that are interested. There are other systems you can use to understand your psyche as well, such as the Enneagram and Myers-Briggs personality test. Use any technique that speaks to you to help you understand yourself better. Most importantly, I gradually began to hide myself less and express my true opinions more. This brought in new friends and improved my relationships with existing ones, which was the icing on the cake. This is how slowly, slowly I burned through and got to the other side of burnout. The COVID surges were very hard on us in the ED, ICU, pre-hospital setting. I had a lot of tough days, but thankfully was mentally present for it. 
Now, three years later, our hospital is actually busier than we've ever been, and we're stretched beyond our limit. I could go back into the burnout tunnel easily, but I don't plan on it. Part of that is recognizing that it requires constant maintenance and to catch myself before I get too far down the rabbit hole. For example, when I see myself not wanting to do simple tasks, like return emails, I know it's time to take a break. It can just be a few hours, but I know that I have to do something for myself. Burnout is a lifelong, real thing. There is no quick fix for it. But you can hone skills to help you cope with it. I want to revisit a few concepts that help me and might help you. First, know what your core needs are. What are the things that make you happy and fulfilled? This may actually be hard to do. Meditate on this. Go on a walk and think about it. It's probably a short list, shorter than you think. But you got to do this. So whatever is not included is extra fluff. Those are the things you can delegate to others and can cut out. Remember that cutting things out might not be easy, but recognizing it will set you on the right track. The next big point is stay vigilant of your schedule. You actually have to be somewhat organized about your schedule. Next is rest. Prioritize sleep. If you're having a hard time getting good sleep, focus on what you can do to make that better. Get help if you need it. There's so many forms of therapy out there. Something, some method will resonate with you. My next concept is make a list of things you can do for yourself. Do one thing on that list every day and then look at it to remind yourself that you did at least one thing to take care of yourself. Start small. It can be, I had a good cup of coffee today or a healthy meal. It doesn't have to be, I did one hour of yoga and one hour of meditation. It can be something that takes five minutes or less. The next big thing is just to try to find the joy in your work. Find one thing a shift or in a workday that went well or made you happy. There's always going to be one thing. And lastly, find the joy outside your work. Get a hobby, start a project, exercise, do sports. Spend time with friends and family. Anything. I always have a side project, almost always a creative project of some kind. Finally, be easy on yourself. It's okay if you don't make it to every single event you're invited to, or write every paper you're asked to, or work every shift that needs covering. It's okay if you have to put your kid in front of a show for 20 minutes to get a break, or if you tune out the world while you veg on the sofa watching reality TV. We're all human and we need breaks. It's okay to put yourself first so that you can then be there for others in your life better. Thank you everyone for listening. See you next time. Please like, subscribe, share, and download the podcast. And again, you can find us at Human School Podcast on Instagram. I'd like to thank Dr. Zach Efron for the theme music of our podcast. And I'd just like to make a general disclaimer that any of the institutions I work for, including Community Regional Medical Center, UCSF, UCSF Fresno, and American Ambulance, have nothing to do with any of my thoughts or opinions. 
And so we'll kindly leave them out of this. Thanks everyone. See you next time.